Welcome back, Dodecadorks! We're the 12-sided guys! Just a warning ahead of time, I wrote this intro a while ago before the fight with Amavi, the mind of Pavantis, the Herald of the Aether, so I had to kind of guess what was going to happen in that fight, but it should all make sense. We have Matt playing his new character, Adley the Amazing! Hi! <laughs> Scott playing his new character, Grumbly Tom! I'm Grumbly Tom. <laughs> oh my god! Sabrina playing her new character, Mari, the long-lost identical twin of Nari. Hey, you tell me, Mari! <laughs> <laughs> Jordan playing his new character, Felton von Wienerstock. Hello! <laughs> <laughs> and me, Paul, playing a funeral dirge after last week's TPK. <laughs> <laughs> Are you playing trombone hero? <laughs> no, I'm playing I'm playing on the automaton that you bought me, the Kirby one. It just sounds like little farts. <laughs> Uh, anyway, you can get more 12-Sided Guys content at our Patreon, and you can get uh, some awesome 12-Sided Guys merchandise at our website, 12sidedguys.com. Also, join us on Discord and tell your friends about us. Anyway, if you ever got into a fight and partway in realized that this was a fight you were supposed to lose because of how insane it was, only to realize after you had your ass handed to you that now you had to reload your save game and spend a few hours leveling up before attempting that again, then this podcast is for you. It's the Crystal Codex, episode 95. Those were always the fights where I realized, oh, I should probably use buff and debuff spells. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, and for me, the one that I remember most is not actually like an RPG. It's um, it's a uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. When you're putting your crew together for like some, there's a there's a pu- a point where you're supposed to race the guy who's supposed to be the wheelman, and he is so fast. And I, the only way I could ever beat him was just like a fluke of him running into some other car. During, do you know what I'm talking about, Matt? Remember that? I know what you're talking about. I always had to, I always drove a Comet because they had the high speed and good handling. Oh, yes. Okay. It was the fake Porsche. <laughs> yes, it was. They had to actually, in the, in the later releases of the game, they had to actually redesign the back end because it was actually a Porsche. Like, uh, it was just, they had to make it more boxy on the back end. On a small rise north of the city of Imperial Wayfield, a small figure surveys the scene one last time from atop her stark white mare. Everything was set, ready to be put into motion. All Kira, Queen of Tabory, could do now was wait. Her generals and their lieutenants all knew the sign, the spark that would ignite the full, focused wrath of Tabory, Terrence Hill, and Crossroads onto the as-yet-unsuspecting forces of Tenor, King of Arkelvy, arrayed before her to the east of the city. As a cell leader of Fallen Heaven, and more recently as the Queen of Tabory, Kira has grown practiced in placing her pieces and trusting those sworn to her to play their assigned roles. Now, her attention focused on the eastern sky awaiting the first glimpse of the sunrise, she waits once more, trusting that her plan, her gambit, will pay off. For if it does not, she has assuredly secured Tenor's victory over the entire land known previously as the Kingdom of Everlyn. In Wayfield Castle, a thin woman in Wayfield livery and a black headscarf catches her breath, sprawled in a chair in the governor's small study, as Vonette, governor of Imperial Wayfield, issues orders and commands to others in attendance. 
scribes scribble orders to be delivered around the city as servants hastily buckle Vonette's breastplate to backplate and greaves to shins. A page holds Vonette's sword belt and helmet, while another servant rushes out to have her horse saddled and ready for battle. Gazing through the east-facing window, Vonette internally curses herself for imprisoning, rather than hearing out, the messenger from Queen Kira, and hopes she'll be ready before the first glimpse of the sun appears on the horizon. Stealing glances to the eastern sky, the skulking figure knows it's too late to escape the camp. Battle is fast approaching this place, and Feline, former cell leader of Fallen Heaven, knows she must hide or she'll be caught between the two armies. Ducking back into the soldier's tent, she surveys the results of her night's work. Four Arkolvian soldiers on their cots, never to rise again due to the dark red smiles slashed across their necks. Thinking quickly, Feline locates a spare uniform of Arkolvi with its white unicorn emblazoned on purple and begins donning it. Feline knows her window is small, her heart beats a rapid rhythm, and as she at last places her helmet on her head, the blast of a horn cuts through the cool morning arrow. Followed by another and another. Stay low, stay hidden, get clear, she tells herself. The Battle of Wayfield has begun. Less than an hour has passed since the first rays of the sun illuminated the city of Wayfield, but to General Brinby, it felt like a week. Standing over the lifeless body of his most recent foe, he looks to his left and sees Hebo swinging his black mace into an Arkolvian pikeman as the Tabori soldiers under his command begin to rout the purple-clad soldiers of King Tenor. Beyond Hebo, the squat, broad, and bearded Briok leads his warriors in a charge against an Arkolvian fortification. Briok's thunderclap blows a large enough hole in the defenses for his troops to engage the Arkolvian soldiers. Glancing right, Brinby sees more recent allies taking the fight to Arkelvi. The red-skinned and horned Knight of Calathans, Sir Bordemus, bellows a triumphant war cry as a round man with two hammers and a bronze bucket helm fiercely clubs the splintering shield of an Arkelvian. What does this helmet look like? Does it look like a chamber pot? It looks like a brass chamber pot. <laughs> <laughs> Behind them, towering at least three feet taller than even Brinby, the bishop, no, the warden, Alary digs her fists into the earth to stabilize her body and shouts, Mana Cannon, as the deadly device on her back flares to life with white energy. All around Brinby, there is a sudden cry of alarm. Looking to the sky, Brinby sees five airships, warships all, approaching from the east, ready to lay waste to the forces of Tabori. Hold and fight, Brinby commands as the greatsword in his hand thrums with power. Looking to the western sky, he sees the single airship among Tabori's forces, the Angel's might, and their only chance to survive the onslaught of Arkelvi's air forces. But will it be enough? A brief but intense wave of panic washes over Brinby. He's been in this position before. Brinby pauses for a beat, gathering himself. This is Wayfield, not Redleaf, he whispers under his breath, then continues with more force. And I am a man now, not the green boy I was then. Stealing himself, Brinby turns his attention back to the fight here on the ground as he lowers his head and charges his next foe. Though the wind whips at the tail of Sanya's long gray coat, her tricorn hat stays firmly in place. From the foxhole, she focuses east towards the rapidly approaching warships. They were close, but not close enough yet. She propelled the Angel's Might directly toward the five Arkolvian airships at ramming speed. The forward cannon of the Angel's Might belched periodically with mundane munitions, but Sanya knows the real power of her ships lies not in her mini cannons, nor reinforced hull. Her gaze unwavering, she holds her right hand up, the sign to prime their one shot with this new crystal machine. 
Behind her, two Ormex, Jasper painted in all gray, and another painted in dark green, begin spinning a large wheel attached to a delicate machine as fast as they can. The hum of static grows as numerous wires and arcane cogs siphon the last remaining power from a large red crystal, readying it for use. They only have one shot. Judging distances with an expert eye, Sanya stands firm against the wind, unfazed by the nearby explosion of returning fire from the Arkolvian warships. Not yet. Not yet. Now! Sanya throws her right hand down. Immediately, the airship banks hard to starboard. There is a peal of thunder as, for a split second, a massive bolt of lightning connects the Angel's might with the lead Arkolvian warship, then branches into the two in formation directly behind it. The resulting flash of light sears into Sanya's vision before she finally allows herself to look away. As soon as her eyes clear, she looks back and, where once were five airships in attack formation, now is chaos. One warship, the first to be hit by the blast of arcane energy, is just gone. The only indication that it was ever there is a quickly dispersing cloud of black smoke. The two directly behind it that were also hit have suffered less, but are still out of this fight. One spirals down to the ground in an uncontrolled landing, while the other banks hard to port as it loses altitude and careens toward the ground below. Two as yet unscathed, Sanya shouts. Ready lines, bring us in close. There is an audible eye from the soldiers. To starboard, we'll board that ship. The other will shoot out of the sky. Ready cannons portside. Cal, you have the helm. Her first mate gives an eye, Captain, as she steps forward to the railing. We're boarding and taking that ship, she says, addressing the eager student her father sent. Let's see how well your training thus far has taken hold. Tristan bows, then draws his as-yet-untested saber and prepares to follow his new master, Captain Sanya Pine, wherever she leads. Hours later, Kira surveys the field below her. She feels anxious at having been out of the fight, but recognizes that her presence would have been disastrous were she to have fallen in battle. It would seem, however, that she was unneeded. Half of King Tenor's remaining forces now retreat east, continuing to take heavy casualties as they push through the lines of Tabri and Terran's protectorate soldiers alike. Her forces will harry their retreat, pushing them all the way back to Arkelvi. Her scouts are not sure if Tenor himself flees with that body, but she knows instinctively he's among them. Another day then. The balance of Tenor's forces lie dead or captured. Groups of prisoners sit in clusters, their hands tied together, their weapons taken away, as Tabri soldiers guard over them. Kira prods her mare into a walk as she and her entourage of advisors and guards begin the ride down the hill towards the battlefield. Very soon now she will have her battle, the one she has been preparing for, the one only she can win for Tabori. Not a battle of weapons, but of words, promises, truces, threats. Approaching the field command tent, Kira's attendant Beatrice loudly proclaims, Her Royal Majesty Queen Kira of Tabori requests parley with Governor Vonette, Regent of Imperial Wayfield. I love it, dude. Paul, that was so cool to see all those things that we had done to like help out, like with a crystal and like with Sonia fighting by her side. Man, that was great. That was great. Did you put her in the Western sky on purpose? Obviously. <laughs> yes, I am that. <laughs> I'm so poetic. Yes. <laughs> No, there is no way that wasn't on purpose. <laughs> she was in the western sky because she was coming from the west, like her dad, the 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 blossoming storm of the western sky. That's that's totally why. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, um, welcome back to our Crystal Codex campaign. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Arkelvy. It's like nope. And this session, we're in the library, and we're not doing anything <laughs> exciting like that. <laughs> <laughs> We're learning our ABC so we can alphabetize books better. 
Wait, so if it's just if it's just the letter A, does that come before the letter A A or A B? So would like A come before Aaron? Oh, that's a good question. We should flag down the librarian. Excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> All of these languages use the same alphabet system, or do they use different characters? No. <laughs> they use different characters. Gods no, we can only figure out one thing at a time, Bruce. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, hey, welcome back. Our players are are um are are uh, realizing where they are at. They are currently in the city of Elmar in the library of Lord Cadriel. So, what we just heard was the story of the Battle of Wayfield, which actually happened on the same day as the fight against Amavi, the herald of Ether, the mind of Pavantis. Our heroes, Nari and the boys, have fought and killed two heralds at this point. And the last time that they were together um, and they were leaving the lair of Amavi, they talked about what they wanted to do. Um, one of the things that they had talked about doing was um, contacting the other libraries of Lord Cadriel, maybe talking with librarian Berta, librarian Jem, and librarian Horton, as well as librarian Colbury, about what is going on in the world. And we will talk about that in just a little bit. The other thing that you talked about doing was um, you'd already kind of figured out, hey, maybe this Herald of the Fire and the Herald of the Mind, uh, you've defeated them. You don't know where the other Heralds are, except for you had a really good idea of where the Herald of Air was. And uh, you talked about sending a message up to the north into the glass mountains. At some point, uh, after defeating Amavi, Nari sends a message. Uh, she pays to have a couple of sendings sent up to her brother, Tikris, uh, in the glass mountains at the city of Woodbridge, uh, informing him about the concern about the potential herald of the air, who may be very, very close to the city of Woodbridge or to the town of Woodbridge. Other things that have been happening, because we are now eight days past the death of Amavi. But other things that have been happening in the city of Almar is that Nari and the boys have gone to the library of Cadriel here in the city of Almar. They have talked with the librarians there, um, a librarian named Degory, uh, as well as a librarian named Zita. And after solving some very intricate puzzles that were, I mean, so well done, uh, they managed to discover the library of Lady Cadriel as well and have full access to the library in the city of Almar. After explaining to Zeta and Daegory what is going on and what their concerns are, uh, Zeta brought forth a black orb uh, and in a private room, a private little um, conference room, they set the orb on the table and uh, they basically now have access to a palantir and were able to communicate back and forth with the other libraries of Cadriel all across Pavantis, specifically the one in Arkovi, and talking with Colbri and Berta and Jem and Horton. So that has been going on. Research has been uh, being done on both sides uh, in Almar as well as in Arkovi about where the other heralds may be. Uh, we know that there is a fire herald that is now dead and a herald of the mind and the herald of air up in the glass mountains. 
but there are two more that need to be located. As research continues over this week or so after the death of Amavi, Nari, as you guys are sitting in this library doing research, Nari, you get a message, a message reporting the results of the group that went to go and confront potentially the Herald of the Air. And after receiving this message... Really quick, Paul, can we just say that the that the uh, the puzzle that we had to solve to get in here was um, we had we all we had to do was really explain the Library of Congress uh, catalog system. <laughs> uh, sure, sure. Why not? As Nari opens her mouth to tell the rest of the group about what occurred up in the Glass Mountains, we are going to go now to the Glass Mountains four days ago, where. 20 warriors of the mountain clans set forth to find and kill an angel, the herald of the air, the breath of Pavantis. The group was a hodgepodge of storm fists, tall hearts, and soft paws, with a long claw and a copper beard rounding out the party. Find and kill, that was the mission. The finding was the easy part. Following the wind, the party ascended the frigid spike, the massive peak just west of Woodbridge, where the wind seemed the strongest. Up they climbed using rope, pick, and cleat. In the best of times, the climb was difficult, and these were far from the best of times. The higher they climbed, the stronger the wind. As the summit loomed closer, the party found a cave, the ascension, the tall hearts called it, as it would take a climber right to the summit by a much easier path than staying on the mountainside out in the elements. It was here that the party ran into a more violent resistance. The very wind rose up against them, not a blowing natural nuisance, but an aggressive, angry, and aware adversary. Multiple beings formed out of the very air itself and attacked the party. The fight became frenzied as the cave filled with shouts, curses, and blood. Go! shouted the tall, softpaw woman, Delon, with her blonde hair and tattooed face, her staff spinning and her magics blasting away the enemies surrounding her. To the summit! We'll fight these, but your prey lies ahead. I fear the time grows short. Go! Run! Delon turned back towards the figures made of air assailing the party. Sixteen stayed to fight the elements in the cave, while four the strongest of the group, rushed past the maelstrom, up the slope, and out of the cave into the sunlight and the eye of the storm. Can we say that it was actually three and Scott's character? <laughs> <laughs> as, as these four emerge out of the cave and into the sunlight, where once there was wind blowing and whipping around, uh, it actually is surprisingly calm here. Like the center, the eye of a hurricane, where everything is kind of calm, eerily calm, in fact. As these four emerge, they can see... Well, actually, first off, as these four emerge, who emerges from this cave? Matt, who, who emerges from the cave? Why don't you tell us your character that comes out of the cave? Well, my name is Dicris, and I am the leader of the Stone Feasts. I am a very large... I'm very large... And I wield a very large uh, axe. I feel like this is a little offensive to my people. <laughs> is your character the one that looks like Dan Harmon on uh, these tokens? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, my sister Nari, she left the mountains. She goes down to the valley and she immediately adopts the accent of the more civilized peoples. But me, no, Tigris, I speak 
I don't know. This accent sounds like it would be really difficult to lose. <laughs> <laughs> this is the true accent of the storm feasts. Also, I am also I am very good at dancing. <laughs> that's that's my prep phrase for when I want to do the accent. I say I say I'm very good at dancing, and then I can do the accent. <laughs> we have Tikris who emerges. This tall, bearded um, storm fist. Sabrina, who else emerges from the cave? Adressa. Uh, emerges from the cave following Tikris, kind of shaking her head at his uh, a little bit over exaggerated accent trying to rally the <laughs> troops ab- behind him she can tell that he's really trying to just show off and show the whole uh, storm fist kind of vibe but she follows behind him anyway because she trusts him and uh, is there to support him even though he's kind of obnoxious admit it you love me you love it all <laughs> <laughs> Adressa, the, uh, the, uh, the, the companion of Tazar, Nari's other brother, um, way back five years ago, down uh, underneath Summerhome. Uh, yes, very good. Okay, Jordan, who else is accompanying this, this group of four? Yeah, so kind of striding out of the cave and kind of with this long, um, graceful, kind of loping stride, you have Yastin, the tall heart, with his antlers. Um, Fantastic rack on that guy. I'm a little jealous <laughs> of that rack. He's, look at the rack on that guy. Uh, they're a little bit more worn. You can tell that one side has kind of been clipped, um, likely due to combat. Um, Yastin has been busy uh, helping as an, kind of helping with leadership of the tall hearts a little bit. But deep in his heart, he is still a bit of more of a more at home as a ranger wandering about in the high forests and mountains. And so he, he holds his oath bow and, and kind of is striding through the snow and saying, you've got to be careful to stay outside of the range of the enemy. (laughs) (laughs) You sound like, you sound like the Jarl of white (laughs) run. You're absolutely right. That is who I'm channeling. All right. (laughs) And the last member of this group of four, who emerges following Yastin? Another tall heart. This one, a bit bulkier, more heavy set than Yastin. Dordan, the blacksmith, comes at the heels of the group. He is, he's not in his normal blacksmith gear. He's got a, a newly forged half plate armor and helmet that he's that he's wearing if you remember from so many episodes back he's actually missing one of his horns one of his antlers but on his helmet he has fashioned an iron horn to to stick off from his head so he does have two horns when he's wearing his helmet just not when he's without a helmet one of the things you'll um you'll notice about the the plate mill is there's there's streaks of like uh blue that kind of shimmer along the metal of his half plate and trailing right behind him is a long-eared snow leopard made out of metal this little snow leopard is his his friend that he built after the incident when he was working on that sword a couple months back (laughs) (laughs) the anvil exploded but was charged with so much magical energy that he 
has used it to fashion so many new things for himself. And this snow leopard is built from that anvil. A long-eared snow leopard, for the listeners, is a cross between a snow hare and a snow leopard. So it's got long, floppy ears. Oh, trust those bastards. <laughs> it's got long, floppy ears, but most of its body looks more like a leopard. It's kind of feline looking. It's got more like a feline mouth, but its ba- its hind legs are more rabbit. So it can jump pretty far when it does leap, but it's made entirely out of metal. And it's like the bulk of its body looks kind of like an anvil that's shattered, but the rest of it looks just more like a mechanical animal. Wow. You're, you're welcome, Dorden. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> So this group of uh, members of the mountain clans, we have two Stormfists and two Tall Hearts. I think that's fitting considering um, how the clans have come together to work uh, together uh, in these trying times after the shattering. Emerge onto the peak of the frigid spike. Um, they can see that actually the, the top is of the, the summit of the mountain is not actually not a point like a spike would be. It's actually kind of rounded. Um, and as they uh, come out of this cave they can see this open kind of field there's a, a couple of rocks in places there is um uh, some ledges and things uh but in the center of this snowy field uh the snow has kind of cleared away a little bit and there is this stone like dressed stone it's like place stone brick or something like that and coming out of the center of this uh brickwork you see a black obelisk, a smooth stone black obelisk sticking up into the air 35 feet above the surface. And surrounding the obelisk, you see five figures. Four of them you recognize from the cave that you just left. These figures made out of air are swirling around and protecting this area and flying in the air around the obelisk. You see a larger figure. This figure is 12, 13 feet tall. It is made out of wispy fabric. It looks like there is no body per se. You can see uh, like where the wind comes together to form hands and to kind of form a face. But it looks like a robed figure where the tails of this robe just extend out a dozen feet or more below it, whipping around as uh, looking like tendrils of smoke or air or fog, something as this figure rotates around this obelisk this spike coming up out of the top of the mountain and you can see energy coursing down the length of the obelisk it looks like energy being pulled out of the very air itself as you come out of the cave and look and see what's going on we are going to roll initiative and can we just say that the other four figures, I'm pretty sure they're valveless, the <laughs> the air fiend. Is that is that am I correct? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> There's one thing too, I, I would have cast a spell on Yastin as we were approaching. Okay, yeah, go ahead. You can you can do that. We came from combat already, right? So can we say that my axe is my the hatchet of the fire giant is already alight with fire? I would say that's fine. I, uh, as we're approaching this, Dordan casts fire arrows on Yastin's quiver. So you have 12 fire arrows. Oh, you're a good man. 
Also, I think while we're while we're blessing Yostin, um, Adressa is going to come up to him and kind of give him her own blessing of of sight, um, which is true seeing, which lasts for an hour, and basically they're able to see secret doors, the ethereal plane, anything kind of hidden by magic, all of that kind of stuff. You know, I am also here. I also could uh, use some <laughs> assistance. Tickers. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> That's right, I don't need this. I do not need any help. Hey, everybody, watch this. Flex big for me. I've got this. And Dordan will pat you on the back and cast big flex. And you will grow <laughs> in size from medium to large. Yes. Address looks back and goes, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It is all the same proportions as well, Adressa. Vinky vink. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, what'd you guys all roll for initiative? Oh my gosh. Uh, Adressa rolled a 14. Uh, Tikris rolled a 21. Uh, Yastin rolled a 5. Dordan got a 13. Well, if it makes you guys feel any better, my rolls were terrible. So at the very beginning, we have this massive, like, 12 foot tall Tikris. I don't know. It's twice my size, so it's at least 15 feet tall. <laughs> I'm seven and a half feet tall. We have this 15 foot tall Tikris, uh, and it is his turn at initiative 21. So, what does that spell give to me? Uh, I imagine it's enlarged. You add 1d4 to all of your attacks. Okay, I'll do it. But my, my speed is the same, even though my, my stride is. I don't think it changes anything with that. Let me just read it real quick. Well, that's rad. Okay, so it's my turn. Cool. It's your turn. It's your turn, big Tikris. The wonderful thing about Tikris. The Tikris, the wonderful thing. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. I've been around kids too much lately. Uh, so so uh, now that he's large, uh, Tikris will look around him and, and lock eyes, like his eyes will rest on a dress set and he'll say, watch this. And he will uh, rush forward. My speed is 40. So let's see how far I can get with 40 feet of movement. Right up to one of these. Um, I'm assuming they're air elementals. They, so the, these forms are made out of air, but it looks like they have this long hair that kind of whips around them as like a almost like a tornado, like a little whirlwind. And uh, <laughs> as you get closer, you can feel like the wind coming off of them. Yes. And they're wearing bikinis for some reason. Yes, because well, you wouldn't want to be inappropriate. If anyone wants to know the token that I'm using, you need to look up Final Fantasy 2 or Final Fantasy 4 um, and um, Valvolus, or uh, they changed her name when they re-released it, and I can't remember what it was. She'll be, she'll always be Valvolus to me. She always gave me those weird feelings as a kid. <laughs> they're not weird. They're very natural. <laughs> <laughs> first things first, I am going to um, become the Storm Feast Incarnate. And I am going to, uh, yeah, so that's my bonus action. Um, with that, I now can, uh, with my bonus action, I can do the Feast of the Storm uh, Feast. <laughs> um, and I'll do um, basically 2d6 uh, lightning damage to this elemental in front of me. They had to make a DC 15 deck save, uh, and they take half on, on a success. Um, DC 15 dex? Yeah. Plus 5 to this roll. That's only a 10. Actually, wait. Uh, dex save, dex save, dex save. Yeah, just plus 5 to that roll. Uh, roll to 10. So you okay. deal 12 lightning damage. 
Yep. And it is resistant to lightning, so you deal six lightning damage to this air elemental. Ah, yes. Very good. And then I'm going to take some attacks with my hatchet of the fire giant. It looks just like it's just a huge hatchet that's also on fire. (laughs) It's an extra huge hatchet at this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to... Th- I'm, I'm, I'm new to this whole barbarian thing, so it's... Uh, oh, it's... Oh, just melee damage. Okay. So that's the first one. The first attack is a 13 to hit. That will miss. Second is a 26 to hit. That will hit. Okay, so that will deal 9 slashing, 8 fire, and an additional... Was it... A, what, what did I add to my damage? A d4. And an additional 3 slashing for being super large. Nice. So one hit, that's 20 damage, if my math was correct. Yep. Awesome. Very cool. And, if, and so you used your bonus action, your move, and your action. So that is your turn. Yep. All right. That brings us now to initiative 20, a layer action. As this being, this herald of the air, we'll just let you know what their name is. It's Trophos, the herald of the air. Trophos is going to glance your direction and instantly wind whips around and rocks and pieces of like ice come flying up in the air and they go and they hit Tikris as well as come on for jeez Tikris and Yastin and Jordan or <laughs> no please <laughs> it's gonna hit Jordan personally it's gonna come to Utah to find you <laughs> please no it's going to hit everybody except for Adressa. And so Don't I need everyone it. to do is uh, this is plus seven to all of these. So first off, Yastin, uh, that is going to be a 25 to hit. So that'll hit you. And then uh, Dordan, that will be a, an 18 to hit. Does that hit you? That will miss Dordan. Okay. And then um, we have Tikris. That'll be a 26 to hit. That definitely hits. All right, and the damage is going to be a total of nine damage to Yastin and Tikris. Nine bludgeoning damage. Okay, so I'll half that then. Very good. Okay, and that is the layer action, which brings us now to Adressa at initiative 14. All right, Adressa is going to run up and get as close to Tikris as uh, she can. And then um, she is going to use Mind Spike and attack at uh, Trovos. Oh, at the Herald. Okay. Yes. Um, so that is... Well, she has to make a save, or the Herald has to make a save. Rolled a natural 17, which means that the save is actually going to be... That's going to be a 23. Okay, so that uh, does save, but you do have to take half damage, which is 16. Awesome. Anything else that address is going to do? Uh, at this point, Adressa is just going to hang back for now. All right. Oh, wait, um, Adressa, you took damage. Did you? Is your spell that you have on Tikris or on Yastin, is that is that um, concentration? I didn't take damage. Oh, no, that's right. Never mind. Sorry, you did not. We're getting used to all these new characters. Yeah, and also it's not concentration. I did not take concentration spells. Oh, gotcha. That's, that's thinking. All right, that brings us now to Dordan. Dordan is going to run up and stand next to Adressa, and as he's running, his his little friend Twitchy is following right next to him. The ears kind of twitch unnaturally as as it kind of hops next to him. <laughs> wait, wait a second. 
a robot made out of a magical anvil twitches unnaturally? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't quite get it right. Don't blame me. I was going to say, sounds like you're not a very good uh, uh, smith. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a great blacksmith. I'm just not great at building mechanical beings. Sculpt, yeah, sculpting's not your forte. <laughs> As he's running up, he'll say, Twitchy, toss me that stone. And Twitchy will pick up a stone and, and throw it to Dordan. And Dordan will pull out his warhammer and hit the warhammer as hard as he can. And it will be stone toss. Catapult, I think, is the spell. Okay. Does it hit two beings or just one? If it misses this one, if it misses the first one, it will, like, that one will dodge out of the way and it will keep going towards the other one. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so that's a dexterity save difficulty 15. uh, Exactly. And 11. It's going to hit the first one. How much damage? Awesome. That'll do 18 bludgeoning damage to that one. Nice. Very good. And that will be Dordan's turn. Okay, that brings us now to Yastin. All right, um, Yastin is going to call out and say, I don't think I ever told you about this one that I learned from one of those robotic druid people up in the forests one time when I was with them five years ago. Oh, yeah. But I think it might be a helpful one in this case. And uh, with that, he... He holds his bow out to the side and stomps one of his feet on the ground. And he says, Phobos, Demos, come and fight with us. I'm going to cast. Oh, yes. my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, that just makes me so happy right now. Oh, Phobos and Demos. I've missed those good boys. Phobos, Demos. Give them screeches. so i'm gonna summon uh, i can summon them within 60 feet so what i'd like to do is drop one next to the elemental that decris is fighting and then drop the other one next to the other elemental kind of the two front ones yeah there are kind of two that are more closer to you and then there's two that are further back yeah yeah awesome and then they roll initiative correct they do yeah let me let me do that real quickly their initiative add two to that they got a seven for their initiative so they're not going to go this round they're going to go next round yep awesome and is that all of yastin's turn that is yastin's turn okay awesome all right after yastin goes it is now the air elemental's turn as you guys are fighting uh coming up here and confronting all of these uh these creatures it seems like trophos is kind of ignoring you and letting uh these air elementals kind of do the work for them as uh the air elementals uh move super fast across the battlefield we have one flying down towards adressa we have one that's already in contact with um with Tikris and one comes and flies over and kind of goes uh, over the top of of Dordan. So actually, the one that comes that that has been fighting against uh, Tikris, it actually comes into the space of Tikris, and we are going to have whirlwind attacks on looks like Phobos, Tikris, Adressa, as well as Dordan. Let's start with Phobos, because he's the furthest one. And Twitchy. Twitchy has uh, a stat block. I need strength saving throw, difficulty 13 for Phobos. Okie dokie. Uh, 20. Okay, that will definitely save. 
Phobos is going to take 3d8 plus 2. That's 18 damage halved to 9. Cool. Um, now we'll go to Adressa. Adressa, strength saving throw, difficulty 13. 14. Oh, hell yeah. 17 <laughs> damage halved to 8. Okay. This is bludgeoning damage. And we have, uh, we need one for Twitchy and Dordan. Dordan got an 18. Dordan's going to take 8 damage. Okay. Twitchy doesn't add anything to strength, so. <laughs> Twitchy also got an 18. <laughs> so that's 8 damage for Twitchy as well. And now Tikris. Uh, Tikris is going to be the only one to fail, and he's got a plus 9, and he has advantage. <laughs> Just watch. Oh, no, it's a 21. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, that's 16, halved to 8 as well. Halved to 4 because it's bludgeoning. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's right. <laughs> okay, very good. <laughs> that's awesome. That is the Air Elemental's turn. And now we come to Trophos, who seems to be preoccupied. Okay, back up to the top of the round. We have Tikris. Tikris, what are you going to do? You have this Air Elemental that's kind of taking up your space. W- wind is whirling around you. What are you going to do? Um, I'm going to, I mean... <laughs> I'm a barbarian. Had you done the fighter giant uh, first attack is a 28. Roll some damage. That is 14 slashing, two fire, and an additional d4 for another two damage. Okay. My first attack. Second attack is a 23 to hit. That'll hit. It's a, um, that's 16 slashing, seven fire, and the uh, d4 is oh, a four. Wow. Yeah, and then I will do the Feast of the Storm feast uh, for another 2d6 of damage. That'll be 6 damage uh, at DC 15 dex save. And that is a 14. So you... So that's 6 damage, lightning damage, halved to 3. Okay. This uh, air elemental that you've been attacking is in very rough shape. You can see that the wind is starting to disperse. Um, The hair looks all messed up and like split ends everywhere. All right, that brings us now to initiative (laughs) initiative 20 for another layer action. Uh, This time, um, okay, this time what happens is suddenly around the obelisk, there is a, a big blast of ice shoots up one right here. Let's see here. Let me do this. I've got to make a concentration check because I took the eight damage. Oh, yeah. Roll your concentration check to see if Tikris shrinks back down to normal size. It's just constitution or what are we? It's constitution, difficulty 10. Okay, we're good. I got a 14. Perfect. Um, Here at initiative 20, Trophos kind of glances down at the ground and here near the obelisk and kind of around him, there is this sheet of ice that comes rising up out of the ground. It's 30 feet long and it kind of blocks the view of Adressa and Dordan and Tikris from seeing the obelisk as well as Trophos. It looks like Phobos can still see and probably Yastin can see a little bit of it uh, just based on where people are standing. But there is this now icy barrier between Trophos and the rest of the group. And now it is Adressa's turn. All right, Adressa is actually going to ignore the two uh, creatures kind of right next to her and is instead going to focus on the larger god-like aspect. So you cannot see the larger god aspect right now. Oh, we can we can't. You can't because of this ice wall. Can you see where the ice wall is? Did it show up? Oh, I can see it. Okay. Yeah, we can see, yeah. It's supposed to be black. I don't know why it popped up as gray, but anyway. All right. Well, 
you, bud, because that's what I wanted to do. Okay, uh, so Agessa is going to continue attacking um, the creature that attacked that attacked her, and she is going to use um, an ice knife. So the creature needs to make a oh, which is a ranged spell attack. So you're close to it, so it's going to be disadvantage, I think. Also, with Ice Knife, just FYI, it will shatter and it would hurt you and Dorden. Oh, really? Okay, well, that's hella lame. All right, well, never mind. Okay. <laughs> now I gotta rethink all of my thoughts. Um, so, Adressa will fling the ice, an Ice Knife towards okay. um, the Celestial Being attacking Tikris. Yeah, make your, make your spell attack roll then. Okay, so that's 22. Okay, that will hit. And how much damage does it do? Sweet. Initial damage looks like it's four. And then it has to make a dexterity difficulty 15 save. Isn't that 25? Yeah, it's 25 damage total. And then it's a dex 15. So let me let me roll the dexterity save because it's still going to take half even if it's... Okay, so it rolled a 19. So it's going to take half of the 21, which is 10, which is still enough as this air elemental that was attacking Tikris disperses and disappears. And Tikris takes five because of his resistance, correct? Uh, so it's 21 damage uh, of cold damage. So you need to make a dexterity save. Oh, right. Yeah. I got to do that too. Yeah, you do. It's a 19. Yeah. So I take five damage. Yeah. So it's halved and then it's halved again. Yes. Perfect. So one air elemental is down. Address it. Anything else you wanted to do? I think at this moment, I'm just going to hang out. All right. That brings us now to Dordan. Dordan will look up at the air elemental that's above him and start swinging with his forge keeper's hammer. The first attack is a 24 to hit. That'll hit. For 14 bludgeoning damage. Okay. As he hits, Twitchy is kind of in unison striking with him and... She shoots out with a blast of force damage for an additional eight. Nice. Awesome. And then for his second attack, let's see if he can hit again, is a 23 to hit. Oh, yeah. And then another 10 bludgeoning damage. And Dordan will point at the air elemental above. I almost said Nari. Uh, Adressa and say, I know I keep doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Twitchy, get that one. And Twitchy, and that's his bonus action, is to command Twitchy. And so then Twitchy will make his attack, which is a miss. He got a two, so a nine on that one. (laughs) That will miss this other air air elemental, yes, for sure. And that will be Dordan's turn. Well, that will bring us now to Phobos and Deimos. Looks like Phobos is kind of off by himself further to the west, fighting off an air elemental by by himself, whereas Deimos, uh, she is closer to Tikris. So there are two air elementals that, that she can get to. Perfect. So I'm going to start with, uh, can I start with Demos? Yeah, go for it. Let's have, Demos is going to move over and engage the air elemental that uh, Phobos is going to be fighting. I see what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get that pack tactics in there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right. And then we'll go ahead and um, we'll roll for Demos's attack this has advantage so let me roll one more time 
A 23 to hit. That will hit, yes. Four, seven bite damage. Okay. And then the air elemental needs to make a DC 13 save or get knocked prone. What kind of save? Strength? Strength save. You can tell that Demos's uh, attack is just perfect. A perfect takedown to hamstrings this air elemental, but the, butt, the teeth go right through the leg as it's made out of air and cannot be knocked prone. All right, it is now Phobos's turn. All right, Phobos makes a yeah, 13 to hit. With advantage. Pack tactics. That is. That is with advantage. That oh. will miss. That will miss. Okay. Phobos and Demos' turn is up. It is now Yastin's turn. All right, Yastin is going to level his oath bow at that uh, same air elemental that Phobos and Demos are working on, and he's okay. going to go ahead and make two shots with his bow. Uh, 17 to hit. Well, that will hit. Woohoo! Okay, so the first one, so it would be nine piercing plus another eight damage for Colossus Slayer, and then you said they're fire arrows? Yeah, they deal an additional D6. Uh, with an extra six damage for fire. Wow. <laughs> nice. That's that's great. All right. That's, that's fantastic. Okay. Yastin has been working out since you guys fought that giant spider tick. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I do a lot of push-ups nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then a 28 to hit for the next one. That'll hit. Which this one won't get the Colossus Slayer. So ignore all the extra stuff. It'll just be eight piercing damage. Plus an extra D6 of fire. Oh, plus an extra D6 of fire. So an extra two two damage on that one. Nice. All right. That will be Yasin's turn, unless there's a bonus action or something you wanted to do or a move. Uh, no, I I think that, I mean, he's, he's happy, I think, right where he is. And <laughs> yeah, he doesn't really have any bonus actions. So yeah, that's it. Okay, that will now bring us to the air elementals. The air elementals are each going to roll to see if they get their whirlwind back. So the one by Phobos and Demos is going to not get it back. The one over Adressa is going to not get it back. And the one over Dorden is not going to get it back, which means instead we are going to be getting attacks. They are going to each attack twice. Um, The one is going to attack uh, Phobos once and then Demos once. We're going to add... Uh, eight to these rolls. So Phobos, an 18. That'll do it. Okay. Uh, and that is going to be uh, 17 damage. And then Demos is going to get a hit for a uh, an 18 to hit. Yep, that'll hit. And that will be 16. Okay. Ad- Adressa, two attacks coming your way. Uh, we have got, oh, um, a 10 or an 18. Dordan is ge- is going to command Twitchy to protect Adressa and impose disadvantage on this. Oh, heckin' thank you, dude. So then the other one is an, is still going to be an 18. I do not love that, but that does hit. Okay, and that is going to be uh, 14 damage. Okay. And Dordan, you've got two attacks coming your way. Let's see. We've got 16 or a 16? Uh, neither of those will hit. All right, and that is the Air Elemental's turn, which brings us to Trophos, who seems to still be preoccupied, um, just siphoning energy out of the wind. Um, I want everybody here at the end of the round to make perception checks. Tikris got a 15. I only add six. I got a 22 for Dordan. (laughs) (laughs) 
Dressa got an 18. Yeah, and Yastin got an 18. Okay, um, so um, actually you guys all did really well. Uh, uh, Tikris, you're, you're, the blood is pumping in your ears. You're, you're in a rage. You're, you're angry. Um, you think you hear the wind around you, like not here. Tikris never listens. <laughs> Tikris detects it, but the rest of you are sure with your higher roles that the wind, the kind of you're in this eye of this hurricane type thing. The wind around seems to be getting stronger. And with the 22, you can see just barely because the wall of ice is 30 feet tall, but the but the um, obelisk is actually 35 feet in the air. Uh, you can see the tip of this obelisk. You can see the energy coursing into this obelisk seems to be getting more intense. And that brings us now back up to the top of the round with Tikris. Initiative 21. You've got two air elementals just to the south of you. One has been harassing Adressa and one has been harassing Dordan. Well, crap. Uh, I think I don't think I can uh, go after these air elementals any longer if I'm going to try to stop what's going on. So Tikris is going to say, don't worry, I have this handled. And he's going to uh, rush over. Yeah, just around the... Um, the edge of the ice wall to see Trophos and uh, because he has a 10 foot reach weapon he can actually hit being being as, as far away as he is currently. Okay. Okay. So uh, let's go ahead and do my attacks and I forgot as well uh, again uh, first time as a barbarian I'm going to do these recklessly. Okay, so with advantage, but then that also means that you have disadvantage when you get attacked, or they have advantage against you. Worth it, because my first attack is a crit. Yes! Oh my gosh. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Let's see this damage. Oh, jeez. Okay. okay, so that is um, 16 plus 3, so 19 slashing plus 15 fire plus... 2d4 plus another four on top of that for being giant sized for this attack wow beautiful big hit that's amazing and then my second attack will also still be reckless that's only a 16 to hit 16 will miss okay and then on top of that i will again once again i will do the feast of the storm feast and do that extra attack uh so it's four lightning damage on a dc 15 dex save a natural 20 so two oh, damage no. instead it, it gave him two damage <laughs> <laughs> oh my and he's probably resistant so it's probably one damage huh so here is what happens i made a roll after Tikris attacked this being. A roll for the being. Um, actually, it turns out to be in your favor, although it may not seem like it. Trophos turns away from the obelisk and looks directly at you, Tikris. Yes, bring it on. Okay, Trophos is going to start taking legendary actions. Congratulations. Yay, we did it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we win. Yay. All right. Uh, the first thing that happens is air whips out around and smacks at you, Tikris, and it is going to swing at you for um, that's going to be eighteen to hit. That was with advantage. Oh, with advantage. Thank you. Uh, that's going to be twenty to hit. That will definitely hit. Yeah. Okay, and that is going to be. 
Oh my gosh, that's the weakest damage ever. <laughs> 10 damage, have the five because you're in a rage. Oh, wait, oh, is it bludgeoning? It's bludgeoning damage, yes. This air smacking out at you is um, is like, it's almost like right before it hits you, it, it coalesces into like solid form. And that is uh, the first legendary action of this combat as Trophos has now joined the combat and it is now initiative 20. Time for another layer action. And what happens is, um, Yastin, you are so far away that uh, Trophos is not as worried about you, but Tikris and Adressa and Dordan are all going to need to make again. Um, actually, no, these are just attacks. Plus seven to each of these roll. Tikris, uh, 13 or 12, sorry. Tikris, a 12 is going to miss you um, as this- Unless you have advantage on that attack. You know what? I think you probably do since you were reckless. So that's actually going to be an 18. That will hit me, yes. That will hit you um, as uh, this bludgeoning rock and ice comes uh, flying out at you and deals nine damage. Okay. Uh, halved, I, I guess, right? Since it's bludgeoning. Um, Honestly, I, bu- I built a barbarian because I loved how great resistance to damage types was <laughs> yes. when we were fighting the other oh two. Oh my goodness, it's beautiful. <laughs> All right, Adressa, a nine is going to miss you. And then Dordan, a 21. That will hit. And that will be 12 bludgeoning damage to you. Okay, and then I'll need to make a concentration check. Oh no, wait, what's the difficulty? It's 10. It's 10? Then yeah. I'm going to do flash of genius and add three to the nine that i rolled oh. adds three to that so i got instead of a nine i got a 12 okay oh, so you're, you're still big tickers i'm still big oh my gosh okay all right that brings us now back down to initiative 14 with adressa all right adressa is going to kind of curse under her breath and say that that boy i was going to go over there first he always has to do things faster than me And then she is going to use Dimension Door to pop up right beside him uh, to fight this guy. Um, And that that is it. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, very good. Um, Just FYI, too, uh, you can take somebody with you with Dimension Door if you wanted to. Wait, can you? You teleport. It says teleport yourself. Add one willing creature, too, with Dimension Door. Oh, I'm so sorry. I like was just looking at it. And I'm like, hey, you can teleport yourself. So you're going to take Dordan with you? Yeah, I will absolutely do that if, if they're willing, but I'm assuming they are. Yeah, Dordan will come with you, and he'll shout, Twitchy, follow me later. All right, but get the out of here. You don't get me closer to this guy than me. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> you guys all want to be close. That's fine, because now it is another layer action, and this time this is going to be uh, a bigger move. It is going to affect all three of you who are within 10 feet of him. Uh, it is going to be an attack I need. Um, dexterity saving throws, difficulty 19. Ooh, I only got a 10. 17. I rolled an 18, and I've already used my reaction this turn. Okay. You are all going to take maximum damage here for this attack, which was 12 damage. You are all knocked prone, and this being is going to move 40 feet away. All right. I'm going to use my reaction to give myself back 10 hit points. Stone's endurance. Jordan got a 22 on his concentration, so you're still big. Tickers. Okay. Okay. Do we not? And since he moved, do we not get attacks of opportunity? No, you guys are all knocked prone, so you wouldn't get attacks of opportunity. Oh, we, we, I think we technically would, but we would just have disadvantage on them. 
Jordan couldn't anyway because I've already used my reaction. Oh, and I just used mine to get some hit points back, so we're good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. That brings us back to Jordan. Jordan, you are lying on the ground next to a huge Tikris as well as a um, uh, smaller, but still much bigger than you, uh, Adressa. All right. Um, I guess we're changing targets. Jordan will run uh, his 30 feet up. He's still just outside of range. Um, as he's. I keep hearing Jordan as Jordan, and I'm like, Jordan's not in this game, you guys. <laughs> I know it's kind of weirding me out. Maybe if we started saying Jordan's name with the softer J, like Jordan, and then it wouldn't sound as <laughs> Jordan. As, Jordan sound as similar. Okay, Jordan, your new name is Jordy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Jordan. What are you doing? This will probably miss, but you know we'll try it anyway. Jordan is gonna cast Conjure Barrage, and he's gonna. It's a cone, and I'm trying. I would like it to hit both Trophos and then the air elemental. Uh, okay, perfect. They, they both need to make a DC 15 uh, dex save. Okay, uh, Trophos makes it with a 17. Um, the air elemental fails with a 13. With this spell, uh, Dordan hurls a spectral hammer and it turns into a whole slew of hammers that kind of fly through the air towards both of them and it deals 14 damage just to the one uh, 14 bludgeoning da- damage to the air elemental it says half as much on a, on a successful save okay so that's gonna be seven damage then yeah okay all right that brings us now to phobos and demos phobos and demos are still surrounding this one elemental that just got hit by a barrage of hammers uh, this air elemental is starting to disperse um, it is below half hit points I mean, they're going to just keep going because they're good boys and they they finish what they start uh, with a 21 to hit from Phobos. That'll hit for 13 damage. Nice. And then Demos will make some attacks. Uh, Let me see if we get a critical 23 to hit. That'll hit for 14 damage. Wow. Yeah, this air elemental is looking rough. Good, good boys. And that brings us to Yastin. All right. Yastin's going to let loose with another arrow at the air elemental. Uh, 19 to hit. That'll hit. Four. Seven piercing and seven colossus slayer stuff. And I guess six fire damage. Nice. 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 As that fire arrow hits this air elemental, poof, it's almost like the air catches on fire for just a split second and poof, like, you know, like flash powder that like magicians use. Poof, that's what happens to this air elemental. And then it's gone. And now you have a direct path. And it smells like burning hair. <laughs> <laughs> you have a direct path to Trophos, the air elemental over the top of Phobos and Demos. There are still two air elementals that are a lot closer to Yasta now than they are to everybody else, but they're kind of over next to Twitchy. So... What's, what are you going to do with your next attack? I mean, I'm going to uh, I'm going to whisper to my oath bow and say, may the ancestors guide you swift and true and start uh, marking through the halls of Sovngarde. <laughs> All of Sovngarde. Where the Dovekin. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do you make it to the cloud district very often? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and uh, make um, 
Trophos? Trophos, am I saying that right? Yeah, Trophos, the Herald of the Air. You can just call him the Herald if you want to. I'll call him Trophos. That's fine. I just wanted to make sure I didn't sound like a complete idiot when I said it. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to make Trophos my sworn enemy and with the Oath Bow and go ahead and make another attack. Okay. So this will be a 28 to hit. That will hit, yes. And actually, I think with him being a sworn enemy, he technically... The target of your attack becomes your sworn enemy. Um, when you make a ranged attack with this weapon against your sworn enemy, you have advantage on the roll. And they gain no benefit from cover, suffer no disadvantage due to long range, and they take an extra 3d6. Okay, so I'm going to roll one more what? time to see if I get... This is... <laughs> Sorry, yeah, this, okay, was, not this. this is what I spent like all of my allotted your money money on. And there, there are some disadvantages if you don't kill this opponent as well. Yeah. All right. So 28 is what I had to hit. That'll hit. And then this does seven piercing plus seven sworn enemy damage. So 14 damage. Okay. Plus your fire arrow. Oh, plus a fire arrow. How many of those have I gone through now? I've done. This is your fourth one, I think. Okay. So another six damage from fire arrow. I know, that's amazing. Dude, you're rolling fire on those fire arrows. I know, dude. I've rolled max on those a bunch of times. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, three out of three out of four times you've rolled the six. Very cool. Okay, that's all I got. All right, we're going to roll for the last two air elementals to see if they get their, uh, their ability back. The one, okay, no and no. Okay, one of them is going to stay on Twitchy and attack Twitchy as the other one flies over to Yostin and begins attacking at Yostin. Yostin, Ooh. here are two attacks coming your way. That is going to be a 19 and a 12. Uh, the 19 will hit. Twitchy's going to take um, an attack of opportunity as that one leaves its threat. Okay, perfect. Uh, that is going to be 14 damage to... No, wait. Um, that is going to be... Yeah, 14 damage to Yostin. Okie dokie. And then what did Twitchy get? Does a 16 hit? A 16 does hit, yes. Okay, so then it is 1d8 force plus 4. Uh, 10, 10 damage as he's running away. Awesome. All right. Well, Twitchy, here comes two attacks at you. Uh, we've got 12 or we've got 26. The 26 will hit. That is going to be 16 damage against Twitchy. Okay. All right. Who is ready for Trophos to take their first actual turn? I am. Umi, Umi. I'm not feeling great about it because I'm right next to him. So here's the deal. You guys have been, you've seen Trophos from a distance, but now that Trophos has their attention on you, you see, you can feel the full might and presence and just awe-inspiring um, energy of this being, of this herald of the air. I need everyone to make a wisdom saving throw, difficulty 14. Oh, jeez. The 13. <laughs> Adressa got 23. <laughs> Yastin got an 11. Jordan got a 7, and Twitchy got a 9. Okay, so the only one who saved is Adressa. Everybody else is frightened of Trophos for one minute. Oh, man. 
Does that mean you run away or does that mean you have a disadvantage or how does that work? I can't remember what Frightened actually does. It means that we cannot move closer. We have disadvantage on attack rolls. You tinkle your pants. <laughs> it means we have disadvantage on attack rolls while, we, while um, the, the creature's in our sight. Um, I don't know. Does it specifically say if we if it ha- we have to be out of its line of sight to... Nope. It just says for one minute, but at the end of each of your turns, you get to repeat the save. Okay. okay. Oh, I, so I we, probably need to roll for the dogs too, don't I? Oh, yes, you do. Oh, net 20, 21. Should I roll for each of them separately or do we want to count them as just a single? We can count them as just a single. That's fine. Uh, yeah. Okay. So um, you have disadvantage as long as you are, uh, you can see the source of the fear. So if you guys were to tuck back behind the wall, you would not have disadvantage on ability checks or attack rolls. Um, so, as long as Trophos is not in your sight. So here's the deal. Trophos did that, and then you can feel the like the air and the energy moving and coursing around Trophos, but Trophos instead whips out at Dordan, who is standing right in front of them, and they are going to do three attacks. We have got plus 11 to this attack. We've got a 28 oh. first. Ouch. Yeah, here we go. That's going to be 18. So, okay, that's going to be a total of 18 bludgeoning plus, because of the wind blowing around, it's going to be also an extra bit of cold damage. One cold damage. Uh, Dordan is resistant to cold. Okay, so zero cold damage. Um, And then two more attacks. These ones feel less potent. Uh, It's going to be a 19 or a 22. I think those those both hit. hit. Uh, we've got 2d6 plus 6 bludgeoning damage. That's going to be 12 and 15. Ouch. Jordan's still standing, but he's feeling pretty pretty beat up. Oh, jeez. Jordan, standing that close, you can feel the air circulating around Trophos as Trophos looks to be powering up for something. You get the impression it could have happened this time, but instead attacked directly at you. Back up to the top of the round. Tikris, you are frightened. You cannot move closer to Trophos unless there's something about being in a rage that you can't be frightened. I don't know if that's true or not. That is specific to one subclass. I can I can be frightened. You, well, you're a scaredy pants. I'm a scaredy pants, but I, it's okay because I'm going to pull out the javelin of the storm fists and I'm going to go ahead and uh, make an attack. Uh, it's going to be with disadvantage, but I'm going to ignite it anyway and throw it. So that is uh, ooh, only a 10 to hit. It's a natural one. Because I ignited it, though, in the line, it has to make a DC 13 deck saving th- throw or take 4d6 lightning damage. A DC, a DC what, 10? DC 13 decks. DC 13 decks. Uh, okay, so how much? Oh, wait, uh, that's, that's going to be a 16. Okay, well, so it, it's 12, uh, 12 damage to take half of that. All right, six lightning damage. And then for my second attack, I'm going to throw just a normal javelin with disadvantage. And that's, oh, still going to be a 22 to hit. That'll hit. Uh, For seven piercing. Okay. And then um, I'm going to stay right there. uh, And that will be my turn. Why don't you make your wisdom save difficulty 13 again? Oh, come on. I got to roll a 13 or higher. It's an 18. I am no longer afraid. Oh, oh man, that's great. Okay, you are no longer a frightened. Awesome. 
Okay, Tigris, you are done. That brings us back to initiative 20. And what is going to happen is another wall of ice is going to form up around this being. Um, the first one now disappears as this new line, this new wall forms up, separating Jordan is now next to Trophos, and then there is a wall of ice separating Adressa and Tikris away from this Herald of the Air. Adressa, it is your turn. Okay, I am going to move... Oh my gosh, there's another wall that's so annoying. Um, I'm going to move just north of the wall so I can have eyesight on um, Trophos. And then I am going to... I think what I'm going to try to do is actually just, um, again, do another mind spike towards him, which is a wisdom 15. Okay, wisdom 15, and that is going to be a natural one. Okay, so why don't you roll your damage, and then we're going to have it anyway, because uh, they are going to choose to succeed anyway. Okay, well, that's hella rude, because my damage was 32. Oh, jeez. Which means a total of 16 damage. I don't like that, but fine. <laughs> all right. And I, I think that's all I can do for now. Dorden, what are you going to do? You are standing here right next to Trophos, who um, just clobbered the snot out of you. Yeah, Dorden's not feeling great. Um, he's going to... And you're, and you're afraid, too. Yeah, Dorden's going to close his eyes and kind of slap his cheeks a couple of times and say... Get back in there, Dordan. Get back in there, Dordan. And cast Get Back In There, Dordan. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll heal himself 16 points of, oh, nice. <laughs> of healing. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. And um, as a, his bonus action is going to... Really quick, did you, did you take uh, concentration checks for the damage you took last round? He did. I did. I didn't know how many concentration checks I was supposed to make, but I rolled a 24. Hold on, let me find. I rolled a 23 constitution save. I took a lot of damage, though. Um, I, I think with your saves, I was, I was watching you roll them. You're fine. Your, your spell is still is still up. Then um, he'll shout out uh, because he can't see Twitchy, but he'll say, Twitchy, I need you at my side. Twitchy will run on his turn that would that uh, directly follows Dordan's yeah and he can he can move 40 feet but he's gonna do a move move and get all the way next to Dordan with an attack of opportunity as uh, as twitchy leaves that but it's a, it's only a, an 11 okay that'll miss so we're good oh my will my wisdom save hold on let's see if I can get lucky I didn't I got a four. Oh, man. A legendary action um, is going to now uh, air whips around hitting Twitchy and Dordan. Uh, so there is going to be a dexterity uh, 19 saving throw for uh, for Dordan as well as Twitchy. Twitchy got a 21 and Dordan got a 3. Okay, uh, well, you know what? The damage is not very much. Nine damage to Dordan, and then four damage uh, to Twitchy, as then uh, Trophos then flies across the battlefield uh, and moves to the opposite side of Phobos and Demos. 
And uh, that is the end of that legendary action. Which brings us now to Phobos and Demos, who have Trophos uh, right next to uh, them. Ooh, I think, I mean, yeah, I think they have to engage and go ahead and make some attacks. So Demos will come down and kind of get right next to him. And we'll go ahead and make a couple of attacks with these good boys. So Phobos rolled a 14 to hit. Uh, That'll miss. Okay. And then Demos rolled, oh, a nat 20. Oh, that'll hit. For a 25. Should we double the six on that? Yeah, just double the six. So 15 total? Yeah, so 15 damage. Okay. And I guess, I, I'm i guessing he's immune to the prone condition as well, right? Actually, this one has to make the save. Okay, DC 13. Okay, rolled a natural one, is going to burn another natural resistance, and or, and pass the save. So two, um, two uh, legendary resistances are burned. Nice. All right. After Phobos and Demos go, um, last legendary action, uh, Trophos is going to... Um, lash out at, um, I believe it's Phobos, and is going to uh, the air coalesces into a more solid shape. 22 to hit Phobos. Yeah, that'll hit. Okay, and that is going to then be 16 bludgeoning damage. Ooh, and Phobos disappears into a puff of, of ethereal vapor. No, we just got him back. Uh, that brings us to Yastin. Okay, um, so Yastin, with his Oath Bow, would normally have advantage on his attacks, but he's engaged in close range, and he's got the Frightened condition. Um, so, does that mean that he would be... Is he now back to full disadvantage, or is he to a normal, just straight attack? Yeah, they they, they, can, they cancel each other out. Okay, so it's, it's just a normal attack then? Yep, just a normal attack. All right, Yastin is going to ignore the elemental that's right on top of him and just keep firing at uh, Trophos. Okay. Uh, 17 to hit? That'll miss. Ah, dang it. Okay, and then we'll try one more time. 23 to hit. That will hit. Okay, and this one will do 12 piercing, 11 sworn enemy damage, 2 Colossus Slayer damage, and four fire damage. Holy cow. MVP over here. Yastin, my goodness. Nice, Yastin. That's 29, right? Jeez. That's huge damage. I think I think that's it. Do I get to roll and see if I can break this? Wisdom save difficulty 13. Oh, come on. Ah, 12. Darn it. Oh, so close. You're no. still you're still afraid. All right. So the air elemental uh, surrounding Yastin uh, does get their whirlwind attack back. Crap. The other one <laughs> does as well, and it is going to fly over, and Yastin, you've got two air elementals oh. that are attacking you, <laughs> both no. with whirlwind attacks. Um, I used so, to be an adventurer, and then I took an arrow <laughs> in the knee. Oh, took an air elemental to the knee. <laughs> air <laughs> elemental to the knee. Oh, beautiful. I need you to make two, uh, two saving okay. throws. A ten and a nine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're going to take maximum damage, or you're going to take, you're not going to have this damage. It's going to be um, 3d8 plus 2 twice. So that is going to be uh, 19 damage, bludgeoning, 
and then 20 damage, so a total of 39 damage, and you are thrown 20 <gasps> feet. Oh. And you are going to take 2d6 more from your throw. That's only four more damage. Oh, oh man. Jeez. Okay. And you're knocked prone. Okay. <laughs> oh, I probably need to check for concentration. Gosh. I think you do, yes. Uh, so that's huge damage. Um, so uh, that was two different hits. So make two different saving throws. Actually, three different saving throws. Okay. So first roll is a 21. Second roll is a nine. Okay, it's gone. Okay. Demos poofs into nothingness. Man. All right. And that brings us now to Trophos's turn. I already did the measurement. Trophos, now this air has been uh, collecting around them, and you can see there's bits of snow and ice and things in it, and suddenly a blast of wind shoots out in a cone at Dordan, Twitchy, and Adressa. Adressa, you are right at the edge of the cone, and I need everyone in that cone to make a constitution saving throw difficulty 19. Oh, man. All right, Adressa got 13. <laughs> I had a plus seven to this, and Dordan got an 11. Oh, man. Okay. And Twitchy got a 10. Okay, oh, maximum damage. Here we go. Full damage. We'll say full, say full damage. Yeah full, yeah, full damage. Full damage. Here we go. Ready? That is going to be 50 cold damage to Adressa, Dordan, and Twitchy. Thank goodness it's cold damage, guys. Oh, it's cold? It's cold. Oh, sick. This, oh. Okay. this wind is cold. Are you guys all immune to cold or resistant to cold? Yeah, I'm a Goliath. Storm fists are naturally, yeah. Dordan is not, unless you have something going on with it. it makes you immune to cold. Dordan has a nifty half plate that he built out of that anvil that's infused with cold. Oh my gosh. Okay, 25, <laughs> 25 damage. That's still Yay. big damage. It's big. It's huge. Okay. But that's 50 damage to Twitchy. Yeah, Twitchy is down. No. And so is Dordan. Oh, no. I had a feeling. Which means that I'm small again. I had I had 21 before that, so. Oh. And that brings us now to the top of the round. I will tell you this. Uh, Trophos is not as substantial as they once were. Tikris, it is your turn. You are now small again. And actually, you can see Trophos now because he is, they have, because Trophos has moved um, uh, away from the wall. Um, you can see Trophos. Uh, okay, well, he's actually within uh, 45 feet of me. And since I have a reach weapon, I will be able to get in my attacks on him if I run up there, even though I'm tiny. I, I, I feel so small. This is unfair. Um, and then I'll take a couple attacks with the hatchet of the fire giant. Okay. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, with advantage because I'm doing reckless. So that's 25 to hit. That'll hit. 14 slashing and 8 fire. That's 22 damage total. It's 17. I, I keep keep forgetting that because it doesn't automatically add in my rage damage. So 17 slashing, 8 fire. So 25 total. Okay. That's for the first hit. Second hit is... Uh, 24 to hit. That will hit. 17 splashing, 7 fire. And then for my bonus action, um, 
I'll do the feast of the storm feast. Uh, and that's uh, two, again, 2d6 lightning. So that'll be a three a DC, uh, DC 15 deck save. Tigris, what happens to Trophos, oh. Herald oh. of the Air? Yes! God damn, Tigris. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that Dresden was not going to be happy about this. Tigris, what happens to Trophos? Uh, uh, oh, so Tigris, so he just, again, he just sprinted across this battlefield with his uh, giant uh, flaming uh, axe. Like he always does, those f- storm fists and their axe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're a Stormfist too, Adressa. <laughs> Un- unlike unlike Nari, actually, his is a his is a, a halberd technically. But uh, he does this, you know, just big, huge, running, jumping slash, and the first one kind of cuts through it, and you can see some of the cloth start to catch fire. And then as he he hits, he, uh, as his axe swings through, clear through, hits the ground, he immediately just turns his body, just a full twist of his body, as he comes back over with a big overhead swing and catches uh, Trophos on the upswing and uh, just cleaves whatever physical uh, manifestation was there in two. And as soon as he turns, he looks back over his shoulder and he sees that it is dissipating. He looks over to Nadressa and he says, pretty nice, huh? (laughs) I liked it better when it was bigger. (laughs) We're going to cue victory music. As you are watching, Tikris, I need, um, let's see, who can see? Um, Yastin is prone. Oh, uh, okay, Yastin, you're prone. Um, Adressa, you're pretty far back. Um, Jordan is down. So um, Yastin and Adressa make perception checks with disadvantage. Uh, 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 Tikris, you can make your perception check normally. Okay, Tikris got a 13. Can my spirit make a perception check? Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yastin got an 11. I want to call her Nari. Adressa got a 21. <laughs> All right. So with a 21, Adressa, you see um, over Dordan's uh, kind of lifeless, bleeding body in front of you, you can see Trophos as it starts to dissipate and spin and twist. You can see that the air starts to like disperse. The form like gets, gets more uh, insubstantial. And then it kind of coalesces together into this tiny little ball of like white energy spinning and spinning and spinning and then it actually shoots straight up in the air and disappears. Tikris, to your eyes, disappeared completely. Okay. And also to Yastin's eyes. But on the ground in front of you, Tikris, there is lying there this old kind of elegant kind of skeleton key. And it is metal, but it has this white tint to the the metal. Okay. Adressa is going to run up to Tigris and say, be careful. Oh, no. Tigris is going to pick up the key and rush over to Dordan. (laughs) I was going to say, Dordan, make a death saving throw. Damn it, you fool. I was just about to make one in the background. (laughs) Go ahead and make one just for funsies. Oh, no! <laughs> That's two fails oh, because I rolled a nat one. You guys. Uh, uh, so um, everybody can have one turn before he uh, before Dordan has to make another uh, death saving throw. I guess I'll do this and I will force my healing potion down his throat. Okay, perfect. All right. And with that, the snow patrol or 
whatever we're calling you guys. <laughs> as Dordan lays there, as he just lays there. <laughs> Actually, Tigris will lie will with, him. with him. Or just for <laughs> what did I miss? You missed it all. You missed the best. It was amazing. You should have seen it. Sorry, you weren't big for it. I tried to help. No, you know, it It was nice to do it with my own muscles. If you ever want to be big, just like around town, just let me know. I, you know, I won't charge you. We're friends. I appreciate it very much, Dorden. You hear that address? I can be big whenever I want. <laughs> <laughs> I won't ask questions. And with that, on top of this, uh, this peak, this mountaintop, just outside of the city of Woodbridge, uh, we are going to move back to the library of Lord Cadriel four days later after this group of Stormfists and uh, Tallhearts, Longclaws, uh, Copperbeards, and Softpaws, as they all make their way back down the mountain, back to, uh, to Woodbridge, and are able to send a message that comes to Nari. Nari, what message do you receive from, uh, from Woodbridge? Well, I would assume it would be from Tikris, uh Okay, Tikris, what message do you send to Nari, your sister? Uh, well, so Tikris wouldn't be the one casting the spell, so you don't hear it in his voice. You don't hear it, you don't hear the message in his voice, um, but you can tell that uh, that it that it's his him speaking, uh, and this uh, and it, it, the message is basically. So we have this key. Uh, how do you, do you need it? <laughs> I was I was very <laughs> impressive, um, and uh, Yastin and Adressa and Dorden were there too. Um, at one point, there were being wolves, but they were gone. I think I think it ends after at one point there were big wolves, but and then it ends right there. Nari, what is your response back to your to uh, this person sending the sending to you? Congratulations. On being big. <laughs> he mentioned that there was a key. Yeah. We do need that key. We will come retrieve it from you as soon as possible. Thank you. Uh, you are able to tell the rest of the group um, what, uh, what, uh, what you just heard. You get another message back and it's from Tikris again. No, we bring it to you. See you soon, little sister. That boy. <laughs> My goal for this episode was to piss off Sabrina, and it worked. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. The voice, though, that is not my people. <laughs> All right. Well, here, as you guys are sitting here in the Library of Lord Cadriel, you now have that information. The other information, as we, uh, as, uh, this week or eight days of of research has has uh, has kind of come to an end. The information you've managed to gather uh, is not only there is a key from the Stormfist clan coming down to you uh, from the Herald of Air. You also have heard rumors of uh, from the Wywold Islands. There is sailors 
have been telling stories of a terrible storm and terrible, terrible, uh, like uh, ravaging seas far to the south and over to the west in the country of Menarest. There have been reports of tremors and earthquakes. Oh no. And that is where we are going to stop for tonight. Richter, we have to go home quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that was so fun. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what we're calling them. The snow patrol. I like the snow patrol. (laughs) It might be copywritten. That's literally perfect. (laughs) No, they're just snow. It's just people who like ride, ride snowmobiles and save hikers and skiers. They're literally patrolling the snow. <laughs> oh my gosh all right you guys well hey uh, on that note uh go check out our discord talk about this episode it was a great way to start chapter eight i think yeah we're in chapter eight of this podcast we have now three heralds that are dead their keys have been recovered or at least on their way to nari and the boys here in the city of almar and who knows what comes next rumors to the south and rumors to the west also, go check out our Patreon. We have some bonus content, as well as um, every once in a while, I do stream on Twitch. So check that out. We make some maps. And uh, depending on where the players decide to go, I might have some serious world building to do. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we hope you have a really cool time. <laughs> <laughs>